Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Coming to you from hometown America, the land of the free and the home of the brave, Bedford, Virginia. Welcome to Cop Talk. I'm Lieutenant Robert Kimbrell. And I'm a Sergeant Joe Dooley. And today we're going to talk to you a little bit about uh, policing with empathy. And, you know, to many law enforcement officers, policing with empathy is one of those things that come across as a soft topic and, you know, they have little interest in hearing about it. But uh, I think it's something that we need to talk about and definitely share with the public because that's one of the things we're doing here in Bedford Police Department and, and that we find uh, that that's really important when it comes to our overall style of policing. And Joe, I, I guess the first thing that we need to do is, is look at what uh, the def- definition of empathy is. So what have you been kind of telling your guys about empathy? Well, <clears throat> it has to do with being able to understand someone's situation and then kind of put yourself in their shoes for uh, lack of a better way to put it. I think that's exactly right. And and I think that, you know, when you look in the dictionary, it'll say that empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Okay. That's, that's, I have that right here written down because I looked it up right before I came here and said, well, what is the actual definition? You know, but I think you, what you did was hit it right on the head. And, and uh, we're going to talk about a couple of those things about kind of putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, stuff like that. You know, if we break empathy down though, you know, we can break it down even further, Joe, and, and break it into its three complementary, you know, complementary skills. And, and we talk about those, you're talking about, you know, what we call cognitive empathy, and that's the ability to spot and understand the emotions of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example of that would be like a therapist, you know, the therapist, you know, that person's going to understand his or her client's emotions rationally, but, you know, not necessarily share the client's emotions in a visceral sense. Right. You know? And then you have effective empathy and effective empathy is just the ability to feel the appropriate emotion in response to that expressed by others. Uh, these are those people that you, you have known in your life that uh, they have a strong feeling of, you know, the suffering of others, you know, uh, they actually feel it to their core as well. You know, I think there's a lot of people that can relate with that right now with what's going on over in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You know, people see these things on TV and and they just get that that feeling like they want to do more. They want to do something to help those people. Right. You know? And uh, and that's part of that effective empathy. And then you have emotional regulation and, and emotional regulation really is just referring to the ability to regulate one's own emotional responses uh, and and also to be able to distinguish those between the emotion of others, you know, and oneself. So just being able to know, OK, here's my emotions and here's the emotions that the other person's right. going through. So, you know, 
we get, you know, we start talking about empathy and then people ask more questions and they're like, well, you know, how does that relate to law enforcement? I mean, why are they talking about empathy? And specifically, you know, law enforcement officers are out there and saying, well, how does empathy make us better law enforcement officers? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. You know, in the past episode of Cop Talk, Cop Talk we discussed that OODA loop, Joe. You remember mm, that. And, uh, you know, we'll just shortly just briefly go over that for somebody that didn't tune into that episode. And it's, it was developed by United States Air Force Colonel John Boyd. And he applied that concept to combat uh, operations process uh, dealing with fighter pilots. And OODA is an acronym, O-O-D-A, uh, that stands for Observe, Orient, Decide, and Act. And we explain that, you know, this cycle is that, you know, that people normally that are involved in a conflict or combat scenario, they'll tend to follow that cycle. And we also described how that's important for a police officer, because normally who can cycle through the OODA loop the quickest and most accurately uh, is who wins that scenario or is able to, you know, bring it to conclusion. So how does empathy relate to all of this? You know, and why do I bring up the OODA loop? Uh, well, you know, if we think back to our coll- collegiate level psychology courses, Joe, we, we, you know, we have to go way back and think about that. And we remember that over time, mechanisms have evolved uh, that enable humans to perceive, understand, predict and respond. Right. Right. And and they, they do that to the interstate of other individuals. Well, police officers are students of human behavior and, you know, good situational will- awareness skills, which the OODA loop also r- relates to would not only allow a law enforcement officer to improve their chances of surviving a deadly force encounter, but they will also allow an officer to better react to all emotionally charged incidents as a whole. So, you know, I bring that up because when you talk about the OODA loop, the observe, the orient, the decide, and the act, it's really close to when you're talking about perceiving, understanding, predicting, and responding. So that's how all that kind of fits into one and relates to one another, you know. Uh, and the person who receives empathy, when we're talking about empathy, they, they feel, you know, understood. So you've gone to those scenes, Joe, and, and talked to all sorts of victims and, and people that were emotionally charged and, and you used empathy cause I've seen you do it. You know, I've been right there with you. I see it on body cam all the time. I've seen you talk to officers and heard you talk to officers about using it and, and, uh, and how that can better deescalate things, you know, and the person who uses that empathy, they, you know, or, or receives it rather that that victim or or that person that's emotionally charged, they normally feel understood. They feel less alone and therefore less vulnerable. Mm. You know, which is really important mm. because when people feel vulnerable, they kind of feel backed into a corner and they'll come out fighting that's and your throwing fight or flight mechanism right there. And if you can defeat that, then you you already you're already out of the game. Absolutely, you know. And so a person who is more serene, however, they'll better be able to think about and discuss possible solutions with the officers on scene. You know, and that person's level of anxiety will what? It'll decrease. Right. It'll come down. We'll start to see those de-escalation, uh, you know, tactics just actually having, you know, something there that, that you can actually see, hey, this is actually working, you know. And then so what? when you talk about the police officers themselves, so, you know, you say, well, officers expressing empathy, they'll and feel, you know, in turn, they'll feel useful and valued, you know, at the scene because there's some of those scenes where you go to and you're like, man. You know, there's not a whole lot we can do here. Mm-hmm. And then you don't really feel valued or useful. You know, you're like, you try to figure out any way you can to bring service to that, uh, to those folks that are, are needing some help, you know, but the officer, their level of self-esteem and self-confidence will increase. And we want that. We want our officers to have good self-esteem and self-confidence. We want to empower our officers. 
And the officers will be able to establish a relationship of trust with others then. And those relationships will be more genuine, authentic, you know, and that's really important is well, I, I spoke about it the other day about how important it is that we are genuine and authentic. And that it, part of that is that when we go to a scene, that victim or uh, of the crime knows, hey, this is the most important thing that we have to do right now. Absolutely. You know, Joe, how many times have you seen uh, situations or, or, you know, had a complaint or whatever else on maybe an officer where where somebody said, you know, the officer just seemed like they were in a, in rush, a rush or in a hurry. Right. Right. And uh, and so I think it's real important that, you know, we we teach that from day one. And, and I know we do it as part of our field training here is we try to teach those people skills, you know, because you can have somebody that that maybe is, you know, a former military person or or maybe just the way they were brought up and in, in their upbringing or even down to their ethnic, you know, background or whatever. Uh, that's more reserved, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, that person, people may look at and say, well, you know, that person doesn't have people skills. You know, well, that's not necessarily true. You know, I think that that person has great people skills. They just show it in a different way, mm-hmm. you know. So it's real important that, that we understand that we may see people that have experienced different things, have grown up in different places, different parts of the world, uh, the way they were brought up by their families, whatever. Uh, that aren't necessarily going to be open and expressive right, right from the beginning, you know? And so we, we just have to work with that and, and understand that. And that's part of having empathy and, and what putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Right. And, yes. and understanding that. So, you know, when we talk about all that, contrary to what one might think, understanding negative emotions of others does not increase anxiety. You know, it actually decreases anxiety. So if an officer understands why a person or a group of people are upset, the officer will be empowered and better able to de-escalate and provide help to those people. You know, if the officer lacks empathy, however, a situation can quickly escalate and everyone involved can become overwhelmed by the entire situation. And those are those ones where you, you know, you see officers and we've seen videos of this on TV where everyone seems to be trying to out, you know, speak each other. They're yelling and yelling, and getting louder and louder. Right. Well, that's because right. nobody's hearing what the other one's saying. Or Absolutely. Or at least the perception is that the one party's not heard the other party. When you may have well heard them, what they said, they don't feel like you have an understanding and therefore you don't care. That's right. You know, and why it's so important that police officers, you know, uh, and deputy sheriffs and whatnot, all of us together as a whole uh, have an understanding of people's feelings is because that can actually reduce the risk of of aggressive behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, now, you know. One thing that I want to make really clear, Joe, and I, I know what you're thinking because I see some of the looks that you're giving me is that we don't want to go too far. You know, is there too much empathy? You know, can we put too much stress on empathy? Uh, and the, the answer is actually yes, there can be. Uh, and so one thing that I want to make very clear is that there's always going to be situations where de-escalation cannot take place. Right. It is not going to happen. Right. You know. And, and, and I, some of the listeners may be shocked by hearing somebody like me say that because those of people, you know, in Bedford that know me know that, that crime prevention and community policing and, and empathy and, and, you know, being loving and forgiving for, for me personally, from, mm-hmm. you know, as a person, uh, those are, you know, core to me and mm-hmm. that's who I am. So, but so some of the people out there right now might be, man, you know, Kimberl's saying that I can't believe that that would come out of his mouth. Well, it's a fact. It is. It's a Just fact. Just like the fact that you can wear your seatbelt and you could still you could still end up terribly injured or killed. That's a statistic. 
while you're doing everything right, sometimes there's just situations that it's impossible for that particular option to, to serve its purpose. Absolutely. You know, and, and so, you know, when I, I think about examples from around the country, you know, recent examples, Joe, examples that may have occurred in the last month or two, mm. you know, I think of, of, you know, those officers in, I believe it was Phoenix where, you know, nine officers were either shot or hit by shrapnel from gunshots, mm. uh, trying <laughs> to, uh, deal with a situation that was called in as a disturbance, you know? And right. so people are like, well, you know, de-escalation has to always take place. It must always take place. The problem is, is in this disturbance, officers were called to the scene. Uh, and the first officers at the scene were approaching the uh, the person in, in the doorway, which is a male was standing in the doorway. And uh, the male's standing there and, and, and kind of sideways. So his right side was facing the officers. His left side was halfway inside the door. And that male saying, hey, hurry up, hurry up, come on in, you know, get in here. She's choking on her own blood. She's hurt. She's choking on her own blood. And the officers are walking up there. And the first officer in line is saying, hey, what's going on? What happened? What happened? And all of a sudden, the guy doesn't say anything. He just brings up his left hand and starts shooting the officer and shoots him four or five times as right. the officer's trying to take evasive action. And that's you know? a perfect example of there's no way to de-escalate that because you haven't even established anything. You're... you're Mindset is the fact that there's one thing that's going on that somebody's injured when in, in reality it's 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 an ambush where they're utilizing that as a distractionary tool to to um, for an objective. Yeah, their their objective all night was to create violence, you know, mm -hmm. because what has happened is, yes, his the his his significant other was inside choking on her own blood because she had been shot by him. Right. You know. Uh, and, and, uh, so that officer turned to run, of course, and, and he was shot several times and then his backup officer returned fire, was able to hit the guy one time before the guy closed the door, went inside, barricaded himself and then shot at officers throughout the remainder of the night while they were trying to save a baby off of the, uh, front porch, mm -hmm. you Didn't know, they bring a baby outside and leave it on the porch. Absolutely. His brother, the guy's brother brought a baby out, laid it on the front porch, uh, and the officers in, in, you know. The midst of trying to get that baby to safety, uh, got shot up by the guy who had an AR-15, you know, inside. Uh, and so when the officers, you know, finally went in, uh, they were, unfortunately, they found everybody inside had been, you know, was deceased. They, the guy was laying there next to his wife that he, or his girlfriend or whatever she was, I can't, but his significant other, they were both dead and right next to the pistol and a, a rifle you know, that had been used during that incident. So there are a lot of those situations out there. You know, the time to deescalate is not when you're walking up on a car and, you know, you hold your hand up to knock on the window and gunshots ring out and you're being shot at and hitting the chest with a bullet. That's not time to try to deescalate. No. You know, there are times when police officers have to react in order to protect themselves and the public. Mm -hmm. And that is what the public expects of us. The time to deescalate may not be, of course, when there's an active shooter in a school going through shooting kids. Right. We need to go in there and stop that threat. We need to do whatever it takes to stop that threat immediately and as quickly as possible to save children's lives. Well, so I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier was that sometimes, you know, you get a negative response from officers when you speak about this topic. It's, it's not, you need to make sure that officer safety is always going to be paramount. Empathy doesn't require you to take a lack in officer safety or to dial your officer safety back for the sake of, 
being empathetic to a situation. You still maintain your officer's safety. And, and I think there's a confusion between the two of I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sacrificing my officer's safety to try to be empathetic to a situation. I'm not going to let my guard down. You can do both. Absolutely. You have to be able to, to physically maintain your officer's officer safety while also mentally being able to use your empathy. And those combinations is going to far benefit you than being one versus the other. One will get you hurt in a situation where there's, there's, someone who's trying to hurt you and trying to lure you in and trying to lower your defenses. And the other one will prevent you from being effective because you're going to be standoffish and, and not listen and be more about, I need to make sure that I'm watching my six all the time because somebody's going to jump out from behind. And, and you do, you do need to be cognitive of your surroundings at all times, but you can do both and not have that disconnect between either. Uh, that's right. You know, and, and, you know, just like the incident in Houston, they come around a corner and, and two patrol cars, four officers, uh, immediately take fire from what, what looked to be a automatic pistol, you know, uh, took fire right through the windshield, uh, and the suspect, uh, his fire was so accurate. It actually knocked out the, the dash cam mm -hmm. of the first vehicle, shot an officer in the arm. He was so wounded that he had to apply a tourniquet, stop, you know, that bleeding, um, that's not the time when bullets are flying to say, Hey, can you tell me what your, you know, what your yeah. issue is? What, can you tell me what your problem is? I right. want to, I want to, you know, empathize with you. I, I want to, you know, but when possible, what we're saying is when possible, when practicable, you know, we need to always try to slow down the situation, bring the level of emotions and anxiety down so that the people can come out of that elevated level, level that we always talk about, Joe, you know, that, that level where you're. You're at an elevated yellow or or even into the red zone mm -hmm. color level. Orange. Right. You know, you've got that raising heartbeat. You've got that rise in breathing, you know, uh, and you've got that what middle brain, you know, mm -hmm. you've got uh, the limbic system kicking in where, where it's just about survival, you know, right. that fight or flight type, it, you know, you, it, when possible, you know, slow everything down. Bring everybody back into that condition yellow because you're not going to get all the way back down to condition white, of course. So into condition yellow where that frontal lobe kicks back in and starts making rational decisions and thinking about consequences and repercussions. And, and that's where you can, you know, bring a person uh, and show some empathy and, and uh, you know, bring things to a positive conclusion through de-escalation tactics and techniques, right. you know. Uh, but until you do so and, and until you slow things down, you yeah. know, it's not going to happen. And like you, know? you said before, there's not always a, a possibility to do that. Absolutely. There's sometimes it's as soon as you get there, it's ramped up and it's, it gets worse and, and you just have to deal with it the best you can. That's um, right. That's right. You know. Uh, so let's see, I, I know that uh, just on a couple of crime prevention tips here before we pay tribute to an officer. Uh, one of the things that came across my desk recently is if you use Google Chrome, and I sound like some type of computer technician right now, but if you use Google Chrome at home or at work, please make sure that you update that immediately because it has been exploited uh, by hackers and uh, they are definitely using that right now. So if you're using Google Chrome and you need any help from that, uh, you know, you can go to any sites. We don't, uh, we can't obviously endorse any sites or any type of services but um you know there's if you uh if you look on the internet at some trusted sites 
it'll actually tell you what you need to do about uh, you know what setting to set and, and how to make sure that your uh, Google Chrome is updated. So that's been real important. The other thing that's in the news this morning, right here on our own talk radio show off WLNI, is that uh, they were talking about uh, you know the fact of spoofing numbers. Joe, well, you and I have talked about that so much. But uh, a lot of folks right now are seeing their own phone numbers coming up on their own phone, caller ID. And the reason for that is because that, you know, these uh, folks that are out there phishing scam, you know, scams and just scammers in general, they are actually using a spoofing uh, technology to actually put your own phone number uh, on your caller ID as they're calling you because you cannot block your own phone number. Right. You know, so while you can block all these other numbers, that's what they started doing now to get through is, 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 you know, putting your own number down there. So if you see your own number come up on Colorado, I can tell you it's probably going to be a scam. So that's probably one you don't want to, you know, want to answer. Um, so those are the two latest things. Joe, is there anything that you had that came up in the last couple of days that you wanted to let folks know or any, any cases that you, uh, want folks to be aware of? No, I haven't heard any more, but just being aware of, um, the Virginia Department of uh, Labor, as mm-hmm. far as um, I guess it would be any kind of scam involving uh, benefits from that. You don't want to. You want to make sure that you're not being taken advantage of. I never have closed out those cases yet, and haven't had a resolution to them as far as um, that goes. Yeah, you know. And one thing that people can remember is they can call Joe, they can call Robert at the police department here in Bedford, and we'll help you out. You know, if you if you have any questions on anything that we've talked about or, or whether something may be a scam or not, uh, or you just want to talk about something in, involving, you know, the police or law enforcement or you had any questions for us at all, feel free to give us a call over at the Bedford Police Department. Um, Joe, why don't we go ahead and pay tribute to a fallen officer? All right. <clears throat> the city of Everett, Washington Police Department. Dan Rocha, end of watch, Friday, March 25th, 2022. Police officer Dan Rocha was shot and killed while investigating a suspicious person at 1010 North Broadway Avenue at about 2.15 p.m. Citizens had called the police to report the man's suspicious behavior. Officer Rocha made contact with the man and a struggle ensued during which the man shot him in the head, killing him. The subject then ran over Officer Rocha's body as he fled in a car. Other officers pursued the man for approximately two miles. He was taken into custody after crashing into several other vehicles at the intersection of 35th Street and Rucker Avenue. Officer Rocha had served as a police officer with the Everett Police Department for four years and had previously served as a parking enforcement officer. Officer Rocha is survived by his wife and two sons. We definitely pay pay tribute to that officer and all the officers and canines that have fallen in the line of duty. Uh, Joe, you know, one more thing that we have is that uh, we'll have a new police chief coming on board here pretty soon. You know, that announcement has not been made, uh, but I can assure the public that we have a great town manager here in town, Bart Warner, and uh, Mr. Warner's made a great decision on, on bringing in a new police chief. Uh, so we're all looking forward to that and, and getting to work and, and moving this train forward. You know, hey, where's the train when I need it? We normally have train whistles and <laughs> bells going off and i not on cue today. So Bedford, we love you. You know, we do this because we love you and we're your, we, you know, we're right here in your community. We care about you. If you need us, call us. You know, re- we want you to remember we're your friends, we're your neighbors. And most of all, we are your police department. We appreciate your support. 
I'm Lieutenant Robert Kimbrell. I'm Sergeant Joe Dooley. Bedford, be safe. It's every